probably so thank you everyone for joining so far i think we may get some more uh, devotees to join in sometime um the question or the topic to be covered for today um be uh, given the festival upcoming festival the appearance day of uh, baraha day uh, so we will be covering why uh, the lord had to take um, the incarnation of baraha as a as a burb incarnation in the related past times so we will hmm. cover that yes right so thank you again for coming online we are very grateful fortunate that we have your kind association thank you again so the appearance day of varaha is uh, coming on this uh sunday hmm? yes so we are going to celebrate this varaha appearance day so why <clears throat> how is it the lord is taking birth as an animal hmm because the lord he can appear in any form he likes you know hmm yes so this is explained in the third canto of the shriman bhagavatam i think we will just read the story today so that you all will know what is the past time all about so we will go to that section there so we anyone wants to volunteer to read yeah vrindamata ji please uh, start hari krishna hari krishna mata prabhu do you have to read this hmm okay the translation in the dash translation shri manu said o oh, all powerful lord o oh, killer of all sins i shall abide by your order now please let me let me know my place and that of the living entity born of me o master of the demigods please attempt to lift the earth which is merged in the great water because it is the dwelling place for all the living entities it can be done by your endeavor and by mercy of the lord the great purport the great water mentioned in this connection is the garbhodaka ocean which fills half of the universe Shri Maitreya said thus seeing the earth merged in the water Brahma gave his attention for a long time to how it could be lifted purport 
According to Jeeva Goswami, the topics delineated in this chapter are of different millenniums. The present topics are of the Shweta Varaha millennium and topics regarding the Chakshusha millennium will also be discussed in this chapter. Prabhu, we cannot hear you. I think you are on mute. Okay, there are two, two Varaha avatars, you know, one that appeared in the Seshvatara Varaha, that is the time of uh, Swayambhuva Manu, and then another one appeared again at Chakshusa Millennium. <laughs> So, there are two Varaha. So, here in this uh, Kanto, uh, Maitreya kind of um, joins them together. So, you have to understand that, no? Carry on reading. Brahma thought, while I have been engaged in the process of creation, the earth has been inundated by a deluge and has gone down in the depths of the ocean. What can be done by us who are engaged in the matter of creation? It is best to let us, let the Almighty Lord direct us. Purport, the devotees of the Lord who are all his confidential servitors are sometimes perplexed in the discharge of their respective duties, but they are never discouraged. They have full faith in the Lord and he and he paves the way for the smooth progress for the devotee's duty. O sinless Vidur, all of a sudden, while Brahma was engaged in thinking, a small form of a boar came out of his nostril. The measurement of the creature was not more than the upper portion of a thumb. So here, while Brahma was thinking, something came out of his nose, you know. And the measurement of the teacher was not more than upper portion of his thumb. That means his thumb, you know, there's a, this much big, you know. It came out from Lord Brahma's nostril. You know? O descendant of Bharat, Bharat, while Brahma was observing him, that boar became situated in the sky in a wonderful manifestation as gigantic as a great elephant. So in a moment, <clears throat> that little thumb-shaped thing, half the thumb, it went into the sky and it became a gigantic form, as great as an elephant, you know. Struck with wonder at observing the wonderful boar-like form in the sky, Brahma along with great Brahmanas like Marichi as well as the Kumaras and Manu began to argue in various ways. Lord Brahma said, 
is this some extraordinary entity pretending to be a boar or uh, it is it is very wonderful that he has come from my nose so this is how varaha appeared you know is appeared from the nose of lord brahma first of all this boar was seen to be no bigger than the tip of a thumb and within a moment he became a, as large as a boar my mind is perturbed is he the supreme personality of godhead vishnu so brahma was little uh, surprised you no know, who, who is this no but still he could see understand that he could be the supreme personality of godhead you know? Purport, since Brahma is the supermost person in the universe, and he had never before experienced such a form, he could guess that the wonderful appearance of the boar was an incarnation of Vishnu. The uncommon features, sim, uh, sim, symptomatic of the incarnation of Godhead, can bewilder even the mind of Brahma. while brahma was deliberating with his sons the supreme personality of godhead vishnu rode tumultuously with a like a great mountain purport it appears that great hills and mountains also have their roaring power because they are also living entities the volume of the sound vibrated is in proportion to the size of the material body while brahma was guessing about the appearance of the lord's incarnation as a boar the lord confirmed brahma's contemplation by roaring with his gorgeous voice the omnipotent supreme personality of godhead enlivened brahma and the other highly elevated brahmanas by roaring by again roaring with his uncommon voice which echoed in the all directions purport brahma and other enlightened brahmanas who know the supreme personality of godhead are enlivened by the appearance of the lord in any of his multi incarnations the appearance of the wonderful and gigantic incarnation of vishnu as a mountain like boar did not fill them with any kind of fear although the lord's resounding voice was tumultuous and echoed horribly in all directions as an open threat to all demons who might challenge his omnipotency when the great sages residing on janaloka tapaloka and satyaloka heard the tumultuous voice of lord bore which was the all auspicious sound of all the merciful lord they chanted auspicious hymns from from the three vedas purport the word maya uh, mayaya maya maya is very significant in this verse maya means mercy specific knowledge and also illusion therefore lord bore is everything he is merciful he is all knowledge and he is illusion also the sound which he vibrated was answered by the vedic hymns of the great sages on the planets janaloka tapaloka and satyaloka 
the highest intellectual and pious living entities live on those planets and when they heard the extraordinary voice of the boar they could understand that the specific sound was vibrated by the lord and no one else therefore they replied by praying to the lord with vedic hymns the earth planet was submerged in the mire but on the hearing of the sound of the lord the sound of the lord the inhabitants of the higher planets were all jubilant because they knew that the lord was there to to deliver the earth therefore brahma and all the sages such as bhrigu brahma's other sons and learned brahmanas were enlivened and they con concertedly joined in praising the lord with the transcendental with the transcendental vibrations of the vedic hymns the most important in the kali uh, santara upanishad verse hare krishna hare krishna 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 hare 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 ram hare ram 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 hare hare playing like an elephant he entered into the water after roaring again in reply to the vedic prayers by the great devotees the lord is the object of all vedic prayers and thus he understood that the devotees prayer were meant for him purport the form of the lord in any shape is always transcendental and full of knowledge and mercy The Lord is the destroyer of all material contamination because His form is personified Vedic knowledge. All the Vedas worship the transcendental form of the Lord. In the Vedic mantras, the devotees request the Lord to remove the glaring effulgence because it covers His real face. That is the version of the Ishopanishad. The Lord has no material form, but His form is always understood in terms of the Vedas. The Vedas are said to be the breath of the Lord. and that breath was inhaled by brahma the original student of the vedas the breathing from the nostril of brahma caused the appearance of lord Bro- lord bore and therefore the bore incarnation of the lord is the personified vedas the glorification of the incarnation by the sages on the higher planets consisted of actual vedic hymns whenever there is glorification of the lord it is to be understood that the vedic mantras are being rightly vibrated the lord was the lord was therefore pleased when such vedic mantras were chanted and to encourage his pure devotees he rode once more and entered the water to rescue the sub- submerged earth before entering the water to rescue the earth lord flew in the sky slashing his tail his hard hairs quivering hard hairs quivering his very glance was luminous and he scattered the clouds in the sky with his hooves and glittering white tusk purport when the lord is offered prayers by his devotees the transcendental activities are described here are some of the transcendental features of lord bore as the residents of the upper three planetary systems offer their prayers to the lord it is understood that his body expanded throughout the sky beginning from the topmost planet brahmaloka or satyaloka it is stated in the brahma samhita that his eyes are the sun and the moon therefore his very glance over the sky was as illuminating as the sun or the moon 
the lord is described here in as mahidraha which means either a big mountain or the sustainer of the earth in other words the lord's body was as big as and hard as the himalayan mountains otherwise how was it possible that he kept the entire earth on the support of his white tusk the poet jayadev a great devotee of the lord has sung of the incident in his prayers for the incarnations vas vasati dashana shikhare dharani tawal lagna shashini kalanka kaleva nimagna keshava drita shukara rupa jaya jagdisha hare all glories to lord keshav krishna who appeared as the poor incarnation the earth was held between his tusks which appeared just like the scars on the moon he was personally the supreme lord vishnu and was therefore transcendental yet because he had the body of a hog he searched after the earth by smell his tusks were fearful and he glanced over the devotees devotee brahmanas engaged in offering prayers thus he entered the water purport we should always remember that although the body of a hog is material the hog form of the lord was not materially contaminated it is not possible for an earthly hog to assume a gigantic form spreading throughout the sky beginning from satyalok his body is always transcendental in all circumstances therefore the assumption of the boar of the form of a boar is only his past times his body is all vedas or transcendental but since he has assumed the form of a boar he began to search out the earth by smelling just like a hog the lord can perfectly play the part of any living entity the gigantic feature of the boar was certainly very fearful for all non devotees but to the pure devotees of the lord he was not at all fearful on the contrary he was so pleasingly glancing upon his devotees that all of them felt transcendental happiness so you can see here this is the difference you know he took the form of a boar <clears throat> so that he could smell for the earth because the uh, boar always are digging the ground you know for getting the root of the tree and all that for those who are familiar with the boar's uh, habits hmm? and another thing is that the lord was very happy when the devotees were doing <clears throat> prayers for him and not only that if he is some mundane boar yeah how they could feel happiness by seeing him and the lord was also feeling happy so this pastimes all definitely uh, remind us that the lord is transcendental in any form he takes either he comes as half a lion half man half lion or he comes as a boar or he comes as a fish hmm? or he comes of a higher higher sirsa the horse incarnation so there are many many incarnation of the lord the lord is always the lord even if it takes any of these forms you know so the devotees can understand this but the non devotees they cannot understand this you know diving into the water uh, rinda mataji thank you very much uh, for reading so far 
Hare Krishna, Jagan Prabhu, please continue. Hare Krishna Prabhu. Diving, diving into the water like a uh, giant mountain, the Lord bore divided the middle of the ocean, and two high waves appeared as the arms of the ocean, which cry loudly as if praying to the Lord, O Lord of all sacrifices, please do not cut me into cut me in two. Kindly give me protection. <coughs> Even the great ocean was perturbed by the falling of the mountain-like body of the transcendental bow, and it appeared to be frightened as if death were imminent. Lord Bohr penetrated the water with his hooves, which were like soft arrows, and found the limits of the ocean, although it was unlimited. He saw the earth, the resting place for all living beings lying as it was in the beginning of creation, and he personally lifted it. The word rasa, uh, uh, the word rasayam is sometimes interpreted to mean rasatala, the lowest planetary system, but that is not applicable in this connection. According to Vishwanatha Chakravatthakura, the earth is seven times superior to the lower planetary systems, namely tala atala, Talatala, Vitala, Rasatala, Patala, etc. Therefore, the earth cannot be situated in the Rasatala planetary system. It is described in the Vishnu Dharma. Therefore, Lord found the earth on the bottom of the Garbhodaka ocean where the planets rest during the devastation at the end of Brahma's, Brahma's day. Lord Bohr very easily took the earth on his tusks and got, in, got it out of the water. Thus, he appeared very splendid. Then, his anger glowing like the Sudarsana wheel, he immediately killed the demon Hiran, Hiranyaksha, although the demon tried to fight with the Lord. According to Srila Jiva Goswami, the Vedic literatures describe the incarnation of Lord Varaha Bohr in two different devastations, namely the Chakshusa devastation, Chakshusa devastation and the Swayambhuva devastation. This particular appearance of the Bohr incarnation actually took, took place in the Swayambhuva devastation. When all, the, when all planets other than the higher ones, Jana, Maha and Satya mixed in the water of devastation. This particular incarnation of the boar was seen by the inhabitants of the planets mentioned above. Srila Vishwanatha Chakravati Thakura suggests that the sage Maitreya amalgamated both the boar incarnations in different devastations and summarized them in his description in Vidura, description to Vidura. Thereupon, Lord Bohr killed the demon within the water just as a lion kills an elephant. The cheeks and tongue of Lord became smeared with the blood of the demon, just as the elephant becomes reddish from digging in the purple earth. Then the Lord, playing like an elephant, suspended the earth on the edge of his cowed white tusks. 
he assumed a bluish complexion like that of a tamala tree and thus the sages headed by brahma could understand him to be the supreme personality of godhead and offer respectful obeisances unto the lord all the sages uttered the great respect uh, all sages uttered with great all all the sages uttered uttered with great respect o unconquerable enjoyer of all sacrifices all glories and all victories unto you you are moving in your form of the personified vedas and in the hair holes of your body the oceans are submerged for certain reasons to uplift the air you have now assumed the form of a boar The Lord can assume any form he likes and in all incarnations he is the cause of all causes since his form is transcendental he is always the supreme personality of godhead as he is in the causal ocean in the form of mahavishnu innumerable universes are generated from the holes of his bodily hair and thus his transcendental body is the vedas personified he is the enjoyer of all sacrifices and he is the un- unconquerable supreme personality of godhead he is never to be misunderstood as someone other than the supreme lord because of his assuming the form of a boar to lift the earth that is the clear understanding of the sages the great personalities like brahma and other residents of the higher planetary systems Oh Lord, your form is worshipable by performances of sacrifice, but souls who are simply miscreants are unable to see it. All the Vedic hymns, Gayatri and others are in, in the touch of your skin. In your bodily hairs is the Kushagras. In your eyes is the clarified butter. And in your four legs are the four kinds of fruitive activities. There is a class of miscreants who are known in the words of Bhagavad Gita as Vedavadaratas or so-called strict followers of the Vedas. They do not believe in the incarnation of the Lord, what to speak of the Lord's incarnation as the worshipable hog. They describe worship of different forms or incarnation of the Lord as anthropomorphism or jumoporphism. In the estimation of Srimad Bhagavatam, these men are miscreants. And in the Bhagavad Gita 7.15, they are called not only miscreants but also fools and the lowest of mankind. And it is said that their knowledge has been plundered by illusion due to their atheistic temperament. For such condemned persons, the Lord incarnation as the gigantic hog is invisible. These strict followers of the Vedas who despise the eternal forms of the Lord may know, form, may know from Srimad Bhagavatam that such incarnations are personified forms of the Vedas. Lord, Lord Bo's king, his eyes and his bodily hair holes are all described here as different parts of the Vedas. He is therefore the personified form of the Vedic hymns, especially the Gayatri Mantra.
O Lord, your tongue is a plate of sacrifice. Your nostrils are another plate of sacrifice. In your in your belly is is the eating plate of sacrifice, and your ear holes are another plate of sacrifice. In your mouth is the Brahma plate of sacrifice. Your throat is the plate of sacrifice known as soma, and whatever you chew is known as agnihotra. The Veda Vadarata says that there is nothing more than the Vedas and the performance of sacrifices mentioned in the Vedas. They have recently made a rule in their group to formally observe daily sacrifice. They simply ignite a small fire and offer something whimsically, but they do not strictly follow the sacrificial rules and regulations mentioned in the Vedas. It is understood that by regulation there are different plates of sacrifice required such as Shat, Shruva, Barihish, Chatur Hotra, Ida, Chamasa, Prashitra, Graha and Agnihotra. One cannot achieve the results of sacrifice unless one observes the strict regulations. In this age, there is practically no facility for performing sacrifices in strict discipline. Therefore, in this age of Kali, there is a stricture regarding <coughs> such sacrifices. It is explicitly directed that one should perform Sankirtana Yajna and nothing more. The incarnation of the Supreme Lord is Yajneswara. And unless one has respect for the incarnation of the Lord, one cannot one cannot perfectly perform sacrifice. In other words, taking shelter of the Lord and rendering service unto Him is the act, is the factual performance of all sacrifices, as explained herein. Different places of sacrifice correspond to the different parts of the body of the Lord's incarnation. In the Srimad Bhagavatam, 11th Canto, it is explicitly directed that one should perform Sankirtana Yajna to please the Lord's incarnation as Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. This sound, this should be rigidly followed in order to achieve the result of Yajna performance. Moreover, O Lord, your repeated appearances are the desire for all kinds of initiation. Your neck is a place for three desires and your tusks are the result of initiation and the end of all desires. Your tongue is the activity prior to initiation. Your head is the fire without sacrifice as well as the fire of worship and your living forces are the aggregate of all desires. O Lord, your semen is the sacrifice called Soma Yajna. Your growth is the ritualistic performance, performances of the morning. Your skin and touch sensations are the seven elements of the Agnistoma sacrifice. Your, your bodily joints are symbols of various other sacrifices performed over 12 days. Therefore, you are the object of all sacrifices called Soma and Asoma and you are bound by etnas only. <coughs> there are seven kinds of routine etnas performed by all followers of Vedic rituals and they are called Agnistoma, Atyagnistoma, 
ഉക്ത ഷോഡശി വാജ്പേയ അതിരാത്ര ആൻഡ് ആപ്തോറിയാമ എനി വൺ പെർഫോമിംഗ് സച്ച് യജ്ഞാസ് റെഗുലർലി സെറ്റ് ടു ബി സിറ്റുവേറ്റഡ് വിത്ത് ദ ലോഡ് ബട്ട് എനി വൺ ഹൂ ഈസ് ഇൻ കോൺടാക്ട് വിത്ത് ദ സുപ്രീം ലോഡ് ബൈ ഡിസ്ചാർജിങ് ഡിവോഷണൽ സർവീസ് ഈസ് അണ്ടർസ്റ്റുഡ് ടു ഹാവ് പെർഫോം ഓൾ ഡിഫറെൻറ്റ് വെറൈറ്റീസ് ഓഫ് യജ്ഞാസ് യു ആർ ദ സുപ്രീം പേഴ്സണാലിറ്റി ഓഫ് ഗോഡ് ഹെഡ് ആൻഡ് ആർ വസിപ്പുൾ ബൈ യൂണിവേഴ്സൽ പ്രേയർസ് വേദിക് ഹിംസ് and sacrificial ingredient sacrificial ingredients we offer our obeisances unto you you can be realized by the pure mind free from all visible and invisible material contamination we offer our respectful obeisances to you as the supreme spiritual master of knowledge in devotional service the qualification of bhakti or devotional service to the lord is that the devotees should be free from all material contaminations and desires this freedom is called vairagya or renunciation of material desires one who engages in devotional service to the lord according to the regulative principles is automatically free from material desires and in that pure state of mind one can realize the supreme personality of godhead the personality of godhead being situated in everyone's heart instructs the devotee regarding pure devotional service so that he may ultimately achieve the association of the lord this is confirmed in bhagavad gita 1010 tesam satata yuktanam bajitam priti purvakam dadami buddhi yogam tam yenamam upayantite the one who constantly engages in the devotional service of the lord with faith and love the lord certainly gives the intelligence to achieve him at the ultimate end one has to conquer the mind and one may do it by following the vedic rituals and by performing different types of sacrifice the ultimate end of all those performances is to attain bhakti or devotional service of the lord without without bhakti one cannot understand the supreme personality of godhead the original personality of godhead or his innumerable vishnu expansions are are the only objects of worship by all vedic rituals and sacrificial performances o lifter of the earth the earth with its mountains which you have lifted with your tusk is situated as beautifully as a lotus flower with leaves sustained by the tusk of an infuriated elephant just coming out of the water <clears throat> the the fortune of the earth planet is praised because of its being specifically sustained by the lord its beauty is appreciated and compared to that of a lotus flower situated on the tusk of an elephant as the lotus flower with the leaves is very beautifully situated on the tusk of an elephant so that so the world with its many beautiful mountains appeared similarly situated on the tusks of lord bor o lord as the peaks of great mountains become beautiful when decorated with the cloud your transcendental body has become beautiful because of your lifting the earth on the edge of your tusks the word vibhrama is significant vibhrama means illusion as well as beauty 
when a cloud rests on the peak of great mountain the cloud appears to be sustained by the mountain and at the same time it looks very beautiful similarly lord has lord has no need to sustain the earth on his task but when he does so the world becomes beautiful just as the lord becomes more beautiful because of his pure devotees on the earth although the lord is transcendental personification of the vedic vedic him he has become more beautiful because of his appearance to sustain the earth o lord for the residential purposes of all inhabitants both moving and non moving this earth is your wife and you are the supreme father we offer our respectful uh, we offer our respectful obeisances unto you along with mother earth in whom you have invested your own potency just as an expert sacrifice sacrificer puts fire in the arni wood <coughs> the so called law of gravitation which sustains the planets is described herein as the potency of the lord this potency is invested by the lord in the same way that an expert sacrificial brahmanas push puts fire in the arni wood by the potency of vedic mantras by this arrangement the world becomes habitable for both moving and non moving creatures the condition souls who are residents of the material world are put into the womb of mother earth in the same way the seed of a child is put by the father into the womb of the mother this conception of the lord and the earth as a father and mother is explained in bhagavad gita 14.4 conditioned souls are devoted to the motherland in which they take their birth but they do not know their father the mother is not independent in producing children similarly material nature cannot produce living creatures unless in contact with the supreme father the supreme personality of godhead Srimad Bhagavatam teaches us to offer obeisances unto the Father, the Supreme Lord, along with the Mother, because it is the Supreme Father only who impregnates the Mother with all energies, or with all energies for the sustenance and maintenance of all living beings, both moving and non-moving. Who, who else but you, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, could deliver the earth from within the water? it is not very wonderful for you however because you acted most wonderfully in the creation of the universe by your energy you have created this super wonderful cosmic manifestation when a scientist discovers something impressive to the ignorant mass of people the common man without inquiry accepts such a discovery as wonderful but the intelligent man is not struck with wonder by such discoveries he gives all credit to the person who created the wonderful brain of the scientist a common man is also struck with wonder by the wonderful action of material nature and he gives credit he gives all credit to the cosmic manifestation without inquiring into the brain behind behind it that the learned krishna conscious person however knows well that behind the cosmic manifestation is the brain of krishna as confirmed in the bhagavad gita 910 mayajakshana prakruti shuyate sach characharam 
since krishna can direct the wonderful cosmic manifestation it is not at all wonderful for him to assume the gigantic form of boar and thus deliver the earth from the mere of the water a devotee he is therefore not astonished to see the wonderful boar because he knows that the lord is able to act far more wonderfully by his potencies which are inconceivable to the brain of even the most erudite scientist o supreme lord thank you babu thank you thank you very much uh, divya mata ji please continue hari krishna mata hari krishna prabhu ji oh supreme lord undoubtedly we are inhabitants of the most pious planets the jana tapas and satyalokas but still we have been purified by the drops of water sprinkled from your shoulder hairs by the shaking of your body ordinarily the body of a hog is considered impure but one should not consider that the hog incarnation assumed by the lord is also impure that form of the lord is personified vedas and is transcendental the inhabitants of the jana tapas and satyalokas are the most pious incarnations in the material world but because those planets are situated in the material world there are so many material impurities there also therefore when the drops of water from the tip, tips of the lord's shoulder hairs were sprinkled upon the bodies of the inhabitants of the higher planets they felt purified the ganges water is pure because of its emanating from the toe of the lord and there is no difference between the water emanating from the toe and that from the tips of the hair on the shoulder of the lord boar they they are both absolute and transcendental oh lord there is no limit to your wonderful activities anyone who desires to know the limit of your activities is certainly nonsensical everyone in this world is conditioned by your powerful mystic potencies please bestow your causeless mercy upon these conditioned souls mental speculators who want to understand the limit of the unlimited are certainly nonsensical every one of them is captivated by the external potencies of the lord the best thing for them is to surrender unto him knowing him to be inconceivable for thus they can receive his causeless mercy this prayer was offered by the inhabitants of the higher planetary systems namely the jana tapas and satyalokas who are far more intelligent and powerful than humans the words vishwasvam samastam are very very significant here there are the material world and the spiritual world the sages pray both worlds are bewildered by your different energies those who are in the spiritual world are absorbed in your loving service forgetting themselves and you also and those in the material world are absorbed in material sense gratification and therefore also forget you no one can know you because you are unlimited it is best not to try to know you by unnecessary mental speculation rather kindly bless us so that we can worship you with causeless devotional service so this is the best part you know we cannot figure the figure the lord out that's why it is based on revelation unless the lord reveals himself there is no question of us knowing him at all the sage maitreya said the lord being thus worshiped by all the great sages and transcendentalists touched the earth with his hooves and placed it on the water 
the earth was placed on the water by his inconceivable potency the lord is all powerful and therefore he can sustain the huge planets either on the water or in the air as he likes the tiny human brain cannot conceive how these potencies of the lord can act man can give some vague explanation of the laws by which such phenomena are made possible but actually the tiny human brain is unable to conceive of the activities of the lord which are therefore called inconceivable yet the frog philosophers still try to give some imaginary explanation in this manner the personality of god had lord vishnu the maintainer of all living entities raised the earth from within the water and having placed it afloat on the water he returned to his own abode the personality of god had lord vishnu descends by his will to the material planets in his innumerable incarnations for particular purposes and again he goes back to his own abode when he descends he is called an avatara because avatara means one who descends neither the lord himself himself nor his specific devotees who come to this earth or ordinary living entities like us if with an attitude of devotional service one hears and describes this auspicious narration of lord bore's past time past times which are worthy of description the lord who is within the heart of everyone is very pleased in his various incarnations the lord appears acts and leaves behind him a narrative history which is as transcendental as he himself everyone of us is fond of hearing some wonderful narration but most stories are neither suspicious neither auspicious nor worth hearing because they are of the inferior quality of material nature every living entity is of the superior quality spirit soul and thus nothing material can be auspicious for him intelligent persons should therefore personally hear and cause others to hear the descriptive narrations of the lord's activities for that for that will destroy the pangs of material existence out of his causeless mercy only the lord comes to this earth and leaves behind narrations of his merciful activities so that the devotees may derive transcendental benefit nothing remains unachieved when the supreme personality of godhead is pleased with someone by transcendental achievement one understands everything else to be insignificant one who engages in transcendental loving service is elevated to the highest perfectional stage by the lord himself who is seated in everyone's heart as stated in the bhagavad gita 10.10 the lord gives intelligence to the pure devotees so that they may be elevated to the highest perfectional stage it is confirmed here in that a pure devotee who constantly engages in the loving service of the lord is awarded all knowledge necessary to reach the supreme personality of godhead for such a devotee there is nothing valuable to be achieved but the lord's service if one serves faithfully there is no possibility of frustration because the lord himself takes charge of the devotee's advancement the lord is seated in everyone's heart and he knows the devotee's motive and arranges everything achievable in other words the pseudo devotee who is anxious to achieve material gains cannot attain the highest perfectional stage because the lord is in knowledge of his motive one simply has to become sincere in his purpose and then the lord is there to help in every way who other than one who is not a human being can exist in this world and not be interested in the ultimate goal of life 
who can refuse the nectar of narrations about the personality of godhead's activities but which by itself can deliver one from all material pangs the narration of the activities of the personality of godhead is like a constant flow of nectar no one can refuse to drink such nectar except one who is not a human being devotional service to the lord is the highest goal of life for every human being and such devotional service begins with hearing about the transcendental activities of the personality of godhead only an animal or a man who is almost an animal in behavior can refuse to take an interest in hearing the transcendental message of the lord there are many books of stories and histories in the world but except for the narrations of the topics of the supreme personality of godhead none are capable of diminishing the burden of material pangs therefore one who is serious about eliminating material existence must chant and hear narrations of the transcendental activities of the personality of godhead otherwise one must be compared to the non humans so you can see here if someone is not interested then he is on this category huh? in behavior huh? only such person will be not interested in hearing about the lord hmm? so this ends the chapter 13 so then it goes on to ask question how this uh, persons you know hiranyaksha came about and then he okay. also will describe the fighting that is going to go happen in detail so you can read sukadeva goswami said after hearing from the great sage maitreya about the lord's incarnation as varaha vidura had taken a vow begged him with folded hands to please narrate further transcendental activities of the lord since he vidura did not yet feel satisfied shri vidura said o chief amongst the great sages i have heard by disciplic succession that hiranyaksha the original demon was slain by the same form of sacrifices the personality of godhead lord bore as referred to previously the lord, the bore incarnation was manifested in two millenniums namely swayambhuva and chakshusa in both millenniums there was a bore incarnation of the lord but in the swayambhuva millennium he lifted the earth from within the water of the universe whereas in the chakshusa millennium he killed the first demon hiranyaksha in the swayambhuva millennium he assumed the color of color white and in the chakshusha millennium he assumed the color red vidura had already heard about one of them and he proposed to hear about the other the two different bore incarnations described or the one supreme personality of godhead what was the reason o brahmana for the fight between the demon king and lord bore while the lord was lifting the earth as his pastime my mind has become very inquisitive and therefore i am not satiated by hearing the narration of the lord's appearance please therefore speak more and more to a devotee who is faithful one who is actually faithful and inquisitive is qualified to hear the transcendental pastimes of the appearance and disappearance of the supreme personality of godhead vidura was a suitable candidate to receive such transcendental messages the great sage maitreya said oh warrior the inquiry made by you is just befitting a devotee because it concerns the incarnation of the personality of godhead 
he is the source of liberation from the chain of birth and death for all those who are otherwise destined to die the great sage maitreya addressed vidura as a warrior not only because vidura belonged to the kuru family but because he was anxious to hear about the chivalrous activities of the lord in his incarnations of varaha and nrsimha because the inquiries concerned the lord there were they were perfectly befitting a devotee a devotee has no taste for hearing anything mundane there are many topics of mundane warfare but a devotee is not inclined to hear them the topics of the warfare in which the lord engages do not concern the war of death but the war against the chain of maya which obliges one to accept repeated birth and death in other words one who takes delight in hearing the war topics of the lord is relieved from the chains of birth and death foolish people are suspicious of krishna's taking part in the battle of kurukshetra not knowing that his taking part ensure liberation for all who were present on the battlefield it is said by bhishma deva that all who were present on the battlefield of kurukshetra attained their original spiritual existence existences after death therefore hearing the war topics of the lord is as good as any other devotional service by hearing these topics from the sage narada the son of king uttanapada dhruva was enlightened regarding the personality of godhead and he ascended to the abode of the lord placing his feet on the head of death while quitting his body maharaja dhruva the son of king uttanapada was attended by personalities like sunanda and others who received him in the kingdom of god he left this world at an early age as a young boy although he had attained the throne of his father and had several children of his own because he was due to quit this world death was waiting for him he did not care for death however and even with his present body he boarded a spiritual airplane and went directly to the planet of vishnu because of his association with the great sage narada who had spoken to him the narration of the pastimes of of the lord This history of the fight between the Lord as a boar and the demon Hiranyaksha was heard by me in a year long ago, as it was described by the foremost of the demigods Brahma when he was questioned by the other demigods. Diti, daughter of Daksha, being afflicted with sex desire, begged her husband Kasyapa, the son of Marichi, to have intercourse with her. in the evening in order to beget a child the sun was setting and the sage was sitting in trance after offering oblations to the supreme personality of godhead vishnu whose tongue is the sacrificial fire fire is considered to be the tongue of the personality of godhead vishnu and oblations of grains and clarified butter offered to the fire or thirst accepted by him that is the principle of all sacrifices of which lord vishnu is the master In other words the satisfaction of lord vishnu includes the satisfaction of all demigods and other living beings in that place the beautiful diti expressed her desire o oh, learned one cupid is taking his arrows and distressing me forcibly as a mad elephant troubles a banana tree beautiful diti seeing her husband absorbed in trance began to speak loudly not attempting to attract him by bodily expressions She frankly said that her whole body was distressed by sex desire because of her husband's presence 
just as a banana tree is troubled by a mad elephant it was not natural for her to agitate her husband when he was in trance but she could not control her strong sexual appetite her sex desire was like a mad elephant and therefore it was a prime duty of her husband to give her all protection by fulfilling her desire therefore you should be kind towards me by showing me complete mercy i desire to have sons and i am much distressed by seeing the opulence of my co-wives by performing this act you will become happy in the bhagavad gita sexual intercourse for begetting children is accepted as righteous a person sexually inclined for simple sense gratification however is unrighteous in diti's appeal to her husband for sex it was not exactly that she was afflicted by sex desires but she desired sons since she had no sons she felt poorer than her co-wives therefore kashyapa was supposed to satisfy his bona fide wife a, a woman is honored in the world by the benediction of her husband and a husband like you will become famous by having children because you are meant for the expansion of living entities according to rishab deva one should not become a father or mother unless one is confident that he can beget children whom he can deliver from the clutches of birth and death human life is the only opportunity to get out of the material scene which is full of the miseries of birth death old age and diseases every human being should be given the opportunity to take advantage of his human form of life and a father like kashyapa is supposed to beget good children for the purpose of liberation in days long ago our father the most opulent daksha who was affectionate to his daughters asked each of us separately whom we would prefer to select as our husband it appears from this verse that free selection of a husband was allowed by the father but but not by free association the daughters were asked separately to submit their selection of a husband who was famous for his acts and personality the ultimate selection depended on the choice of the father our well wishing father daksha after knowing our intentions handed over 13 of his daughters unto you and since then we have all been faithful generally the daughters were too shy to express their opinions before their father but the father would accept the daughter's intentions through someone else such as a grandmother to whom the grandchildren had free access king daksha collected the opinions of his daughters and thus handed over 13 to kashyapa <coughs> everyone of diti's sisters was a mother of children therefore since diti was equally faithful to the same husband why should she remain without children oh lotus eyed one kindly bless me by fulfilling my desire the pleas of someone in distress who approaches a great person should never go in vain diti knew well that her request might be rejected because of the un- untimely situation but she pleaded that when there is an emergency or a distressful condition there is no consideration of time or situation o hero vidura diti being thus afflicted by the contamination of lust and therefore poor and talkative was specified by the son of marichi with suitable words when a man or woman thank is you, afflicted thank you 
When a man or woman is afflicted by the lust of sex desire, it is to be understood as sinful condemnation. Kashyapa was engaged in his spiritual activities, but he did not have sufficient strength to, re strength to refuse his wife, who was thus afflicted. He could have refused her with strong words expressing impossibility, but he was not as spiritually strong as Vidura. Vidura is addressed here as a hero because no one is stronger in self-control than a devotee of, of the Lord. It appears that Kashiba was already inclined to have sexual enjoyment with his wife, and because he was not a strong man, he tried to dissuade her only with pacifying words. O oh, afflicted one, I shall fought forth with gratify whatever desire is dear to you. For who else uh, but uh, you is the source of the three perfections of liberation. Mm -hmm. The three perfections of liberation are re religiosity, economic development, and sense gratification. For a conditioned soul, the wife is considered to be the source of liberation because she offers her service to the husband for his ultimate liberation. Conditional Material existence is based on sense gratification. And if someone has the, has the good fortune to get a good wife, he is helped by the wife in all, as, in all respects. If one is disturbed in his conditional life, he becomes more and more entangled in material contamination. A faithful a faithful wife is supposed to cooperate with her husband in fulfilling all material desires so that he can then become comfortable and execute spiritual activities for the perfection of life. If, however, the husband is progressive in spiritual advancement, the wife undoubtedly shares in his activities and thus both the wife and the husband profit in spiritual perfection. It is essential, therefore, that that girls as well as boys be trained to discharge spiritual duties so that at the time of cooperation, both will be benefited. The training of the boy is brahmacharya and the training of the girl is chastity. A faithful wife and spiritually trained brahmacharya are good combination for advancement of the human mission. As one can cross over the ocean with seagoing vessels, one can cross the dangerous situation of the material ocean by living with a wife. There are four spiritual orders for cooperation in the endeavor for liberation from material existence. The orders of Brahmacharya or pious student life, household life with a wife, retired life and renounced life all depend for successful advancement on the householder who lives with a wife. This cooperation is essential for the proper functioning of the institution 
of the four social orders and the four spiritual orders of life. This Vedic Varnashrama system is generally known as the caste system. The man who lives with a wife has a great responsibility in maintaining the members of other members of the other spiritual orders, the brahmacharis, vanaprastas, and sannyasis. Except for the grihasthas or the householders, everyone is supposed to engage in the spiritual advancement of life. And therefore, the brahmachari, the vanaprastha, and the sannyasi have very little time to earn a livelihood. They therefore collect arms from the grihasthas, and thus they secure the bare necessities of life and cultivate spiritual understanding. By helping the other three sections of society cultivate spiritual values, the householder also makes advancement in spiritual life. Ultimately, every member of, of society automatically becomes spiritually advanced and easily crosses the ocean of nations. O oh, respectful one, a wife is so helpful that she is called the better half of a man's body because of her sharing in all auspicious activities. A man can move without anxiety and resting all responsibilities to his wife. By the Vedic injunction, the wife is accepted as the better half of a man's body because she is said to be responsible for discharging half of the duties of the husband. A family man has a responsibility to perform five kinds of sacrifices called panjayatna in order to get uh, relief from the reactions to all kinds of unavoidable sinful activities performed in the course of his affairs. When a man becomes qualitatively like the cats and dogs, he forgets he forgets his duty, duties in cultivating spiritual values and thus he accepts his wife as a sense gratificatory agent. When the wife is accepted as a sense gratificatory agent, personal sense gratification, there is disruption or, disruption or divorce. But when husband and wife aim at spiritual advancement by mutual cooperation, there is no consideration of personal beauty or disruption of so-called love. In the material world, there is no question of love. Marriage is actually a duty performed in mutual cooperation as as mutual cooperation oh, okay. as uh, directed in the authoritative scriptures for spiritual advancement. Therefore, marriage is essential in order to avoid the life of cats and dogs who are not meant for spiritual enlightenment. As a fourth commander very easily conquers invading plunderers by taking shelter of a wife, one can conquer the senses which are unconquerable in, in the other spiritual orders. Of the four spiritual orders of human society, the student, Brahmachari order, the student order, the householder, the hasta order, 
they retired vanaprastha order and they renounced sanyasi order the householder is on the safe side the bodily senses are considered plunderers of the uh, of the fort of the body the wife is said to be the commander of the fort and therefore whenever there is an attack on the body by the senses it is the wife who protects the body from being smashed the sex demand is inevitable for everyone but one who has a fixed wife is safe from the onslaught of the sense enemies a man who possesses a good wife does not create a disturbance in society by corrupting virgin girls without a fixed wife a man becomes a debauchee of the first order and is a nuisance in society unless he is trained brahmachari he is a trained brahmachari vanaprastha or sanyas unless there is a rigid and systematic training of the brahmachari by the expert spiritual master and unless the student is obedient it is sure that the so called brahmachari will fall prey to the attack of sex there are so many instances of fall down even for great yogis like vishwamitra a grihastha is saved however because of his uh, faithful wife sex life is the cause of material bondage and therefore it is prohibited in three ashramas and is allowed only in the grihastha ashrama the grihastha is responsible for producing first quality brahmacharis vanaprasthas and sanyasis o queen of the home we are not able to act like you nor nor could we not nor could we repay you for what you have done even if we worked for our entire life or even after death to repay you is not possible even for those who are admirers of personal qualities so so much glorification of a woman by her husband indicates that he is uh, he is a henpecked or is talking lightly in joke kashiba men that householders living with wives enjoy uh, the heavenly blessings of sense enjoyment and uh, and at the same time have no fear of going down to hell the man in the renounced order of life has no wife and may be driven by sex desire to seek another woman or another's wife and thus go to hell in other words the so called man of the renounced order who has left his house and wife goes to hell if he again desires sexual pleasure knowingly or unknowingly in that way the householders are on the side of safety therefore husbands as a class cannot repay their debt to women either in this life or in the next even if they engage themselves in repaying the woman throughout their whole life it is still not possible not all husbands are as able to appreciate the as able to appreciate 
the good qualities of their wives but even though one is able to appreciate these qualities it is still not possible to repay the debt to the wife such extraordinary praises by a husband for his wife are certainly in the mode of joking even though it is not possible to repay you i shall satisfy your your sex desire immediately for the sake of begetting children but you must wait for only a few seconds so that others may not reproach me the henpecked husband may not be able to repay his wife for all the benefits that he derives from her but as for begetting children by fulfilling sexual desire it is not at all difficult for any husband unless he is thoroughly important this is a very easy task for a husband under normal conditions in spite of kashyapa's being very eager he requested her to wait for a few seconds so that for a few seconds so that others might not reproach him he explains his position as follows this particular time is most you know you know species because at this time the horrible looking ghosts and constant companions of the lord of the ghosts are visible kashyapa has already told his wife didi to wait for a while and now he wants her that failure to consider uh the particular time will result in punishment from the ghosts and evil spirits uh, who move during this time along with their master lord rudra lord shiva the king of the ghost sitting on the back of his bull carrier travels at this time accompanied by ghosts who follow him for their welfare lord shiva or rudra is the king of the ghost ghostly characters worship lord shiva to be gradually guided toward a path of self self realization mayavadi philosophers are mostly worshipers of lord shiva and shripada shankaracharya is considered to be the incarnation of lord shiva for preaching godlessness to the mayavadi philosophers ghosts are bereft of of a physical body because their Uh, grievously sinful acts such as suicide the last resort of the ghostly characters in human society is to take shelter of suicide either material or spiritual material suicide causes loss of the sp- physical body and spiritual suicide causes loss of the individual identity mayavadi philosophers decide to lose lose their individuality and merge into the impersonal spiritual brahmajyoti existence lord shiva being very kind to the ghosts sees that they get physical bodies despite being condemned he places them into the wombs of women who indulge in sexual intercourse regardless of the restrictions of, on time and circumstance kashyapa wanted to impress this fact upon didi so that she might wait for a while lord shiva's body is reddish and he is unstained though covered with ashes his hair is dusty from the whirlwind dust of the crematorium he is the younger brother of your husband 
and he sees with his three eyes. Lord Shiva is not an ordinary living entity, nor is he in the category of Vishnu or the Supreme Personality of Godhead. He is far more powerful than any living entity up to the standard of Brahma, yet he is not on an equal level with Vishnu. Since he is almost like Lord Vishnu, Shiva can see past, present and future. One of his eyes is like the sun, another is like the moon, and his third eye, which is between his eyebrows, is like fire. He can generate fire from his middle eye, and he is able to vanquish any powerful living entity, including Brahma, yet he does not live pompously in a nice house, etc. Nor does he possess any material properties, although he is master of the material world. He lives uh, mostly in the crematorium where dead bodies are burned and the whirlwind dust of the crematorium is his bodily dress. He is unstained by material contamination. Kashiba took him as his younger brother because the younger sister of Diti, Kashiba's wife, was, was married to Lord Shiva. The husband of one sister is the husband of one's sister is considered one's brother. By that social relationship, Lord Shiva happened to be the younger brother of Kashipa. Kashipa warned his wife that because Lord Shiva would see their sex indulgence, the time was not appropriate. Diti might uh, argue that they would enjoy sex life in a private place, but Kashipa reminded her that Lord Shiva has three eyes called the sun, moon, and fire, and one cannot escape his vigilance any more than one one can escape Vishnu. Although seen by the police, a criminal is sometimes not immediately punished. The police wait for the proper time to apprehend him. The forbidden time for sexual intercourse would be noted by Lord Shiva and Didi would meet with proper punishment by giving birth to a child of ghostly character or a godless impersonalist. Kashiba foresaw this and thus he warned his wife Didi. Lord Shiva regards no one as his oh, relative. Thank you, Mataji. Anandini, Mataji. Thank you very much. Satvika, okay. Mataji, you can please continue. Hare Krishna. Satvika, Mataji, are you okay? Lord Shiva regards no one as his relative, yet there is no one who is not connected with him. He does not regard anyone as very favorable or amenable. We respectfully worship the uh, remnant of his footstuff, and we wa we vow to accept what is rejected by him. Kashyapa, 
Kashyapa informed his wife that just because Lord Shiva happened to be his brother-in-law, that should not encourage her in her offense towards him. Kashyapa warned her that actually Lord Shiva is not connected with anyone, nor in anyone his enemy, since he is one of the three controllers of the universal affairs. He is equal to everyone. His greatness is incomparable because he is a great devotee of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. It is said that among all the devotees of the Personality of Godhead, Lord Shiva is the greatest. The, the remnant of foodstuff left by him are accepted by other devotees as Mahaprasada or great spiritual foodstuff. The remnant of foodstuff offered to Lord Krishna are called Prasada. But when the same prasada is eaten by a great devotee like Lord Siva, it is called Mahaprasada. Lord Siva is so, so great that he doesn't care for the material pro prosperity of, for which every one of us is so eager. Pravati, who is the powerful material nature personified, is under his full control as his wife, yet he doesn't use her even to build a residential house. He prefers to remain without shelter, and his great wife also agrees to live with him humbly. People in people in general worship God, goddesses Durga the wife of Lord Siva for material prosperity, but Lord Siva engages her in his service without material desire. He simply advises his great wife that, all, that of all kinds of worship, the worship of Vishnu is the highest and the greater than that is the worship of a great devotee or anything in relation with Vishnu. Although no one in the material world is equal to or greater than Lord Siva, and although his unimpeachable character is followed by great soul to dismantle the mass of nuisance, he nevertheless, nevertheless remains as if a devil to give salvation to all devotees of the Lord. Unfortunately, foolish persons, not knowingly that Lord Siva is engaged in his own self, laugh at him. Such foolish person engage in maintaining the body which is eatable by dog with dresses, ornaments, granulins, and ornaments. Demigods like Brahma also followed the religious rites observed by him. He is the controller of the material energy, which causes the creation of the material world. He is great, and therefore his devilish characteristics are simply imitation. So, okay, this uh, scene that Diti then has a relationship with Kashyapa, 
Sorry, bro, to dis- interrupt you. Um, there's some <clears throat> the mic needs to be adjusted. The volume needs to be enhanced. Mine is not uh, loud enough. Huh? Yeah. Okay, let me see the setting. Is it loud enough? Yes, perfect. Okay. Give me a minute. Sure. Okay. So now we are running short of time. So I just kind of summarize the subject. So here we go that Lord Shiva time that they copulate and as a result, uh, two demons were born, Hiranyaksa and Hiranyakashipu. So these two demons, they were harassing everyone in the world. I guess you know Hiranyakashipu, the father of Pralat Maharaj. And Hiranyaksa, he was actually, uh, you know, roaming around to get some person to fight with him. And because he was so powerful, nobody fought with him. And finally, the Lord, you know, appeared as Varaha, you know, just now we read that he comes as Varaha to fight with uh, with him. So we're going to go to that section where he kind of fights with them, you know. So we'll go to that section so we can hear the fighting that's going on. I don't know we have much time, but we'll read this on. So here, so the fighting takes place between the Lord and the boar. Time is short. So here you can read the part, the proud and falsely called Daitya paid little heed to the words of Varuna, Odia, Vidura. He learned that Narada, the Vaibhav, the Supreme Personality of God, and hurriedly betook himself to the depths of the ocean. So he found out that Varaha is taking their bow, the earth out of the uh, depths of Garbodaki ocean, and he ran to that place to fight with the Lord, no? So he saw that the all-powerful personality of Godhead in boy incarnation, bearing the earth upwards on the end of his thighs and robbing him of splendor with his reddish eyes. The demon love, oh, an amphibious beast. So he saw the Lord, and then he, the demon addressed the Lord, oh, best of the demigod, dressed in the form of a boy, just hear me. 
this earth is entrusted to us the inhabitants of the lower region you and you cannot take it away from my presence and not be hurt by me so the demon starts saying all kind of things about the lord and the lord bore he all his nasty remarks and you have killed so many some demon but remaining invisible or fool your power is only mystical so today i shall and live in my kinsmen by killing you so this is how demons talk about killing the lord no so again he speaks about killing the lord and in this way is uh, although the lord was pained by the sharp like abusive words the demon he bore the pain by seeing that the earth on the knees on the hands of his thighs was frightened he rose out of the water just an elephant merges emerges with his female companion when assailed by an alligator so then he brought the earth out first the demon who had golden hair on his head and fearful thighs gave chase to the lord while he was rising from the water even as an alligator which is an elephant roaring like thunder he said oh you not a shame of running away from a powerful from a challenging adversary there's nothing reproachable for shameless creatures so the ranyaksha was chasing after the lord the lord placed the earth within his side on the surface of the water and transferred to her his own energy in the form of the ability to float on the water while the enemy looks the enemy stood looking on brahma the creator of the universe extolled the lord and the other demigods rain flowers on him so after placing the lord on the water the demon who had a wealth of ornaments bangles and beautiful golden armor on his body chased the lord from behind with great mace the lord tolerated his piercing ill word but in order to reply to him express his terrible anger so the lord replied the personality guarded said indeed we are creatures of the jungle and we are searching for after hunting dogs like you who is free from the entanglement of death has no one who is free from the entanglement of death has no fear from loose talk in which you are indulging for you are bound up by the laws of death so here they certainly started to get ready to fight certainly we have stolen the charge of inhabitant the rasatala and have lost all shame although bitten by a powerful mage i still stay here in the water for some time because having a created enmity with a powerful enemy i now have no place to go you are supposed to be the commander of many foot soldiers and now you may take prompt step to overthrow us give up your foolish talk and wipe out of the wipe out the scars of the, your kith and kin by slaying us oh one may be proud yet he does not deserve a seat in an assembly if he fails to fulfill his promise word Maitreya said the demon been thus challenged by the personality of God had been angry and agitated he trembled in anger like a challenged cobra he sang indiligently all his senses shaken by wrath the demon quickly sprang upon the lord and dealt him with a blow with his powerful mace the lord however by moving slightly aside dodged the violent mace blow aimed at his breast by the enemy just as an accomplished yogi would elude death the personality of god had now 
exhibiting his anger and rushed to meet the demon who bit his lip in rage, took up his mace and again began to repeatedly brandishing it about. Then with his mace, the Lord struck the enemy on the right of his brow, but since the demon was expert in fighting, O General Vidura, he protected himself by a manner, by a maneuver of his own mace. In this way, the demon, Haryaksha, and the Lord, the personality of Godhead, struck each other with their huge maces, each enraged and seeking his, his own victory. There were keen rivalry between the two combatants. Both had sustained injuries on their bodies with the blows of each other's pointed maces, and each grew more and more enraged on the smell of blood on his person. In their eagerness to win, they performed maneuvers of various kinds and their contest looked like an encounter between two force bull bulls for the sake of a cow. O descendant of Guru Brahma, the most independent demigod of the universe, accompanied by his followers, came to see the terrible fight of this, for the sake of the world between the demon and the personality of God who appeared in the form of a bow. After arriving at the place of combat, Brahma, the leader of thousands of sages and transcendentally saw that the demon who had attained such unprecedented power that no one could fight with him, Brahma then addressed Narayana who was assuming the form of a bow for the first time. But Brahma said, my dear Lord, this demon has proved to be a constant pinprick to the demigod, the brahmanas, the cows, and innocent persons who are spotless and always dependent upon worshipping a lotus feet. He has become a source of fear by unnecessarily harassing them. Since he has tainted, attained a boom from me, he has become a demon, always searching for proper combatant, wandering all over the universe for this infamous purpose. The Lord Brahma continued, My dear Lord, there is no need to play with this serpentine demon. He is always very skilled in conjuring tricks and is arrogant, self-sufficient, and most wicked. Brahma continued, My dear Lord, you are infallible. Please kill this sinful demon before the demonic hour arrives and he presents another formidable approach favorable to him. You can kill him by your internal potency without doubt. Lord, the darkest evening which covers the world is fast approaching since you are the soul of all souls. Kindly kill him and win victory for the demigods. Auspicious period known as Abhijit, which is most fortunate for victory, commenced at midday and has all but passed. Therefore, in the interest of your friends, please dispose of this formidable foe quickly. That this demon, luckily for us, has come of his own accord to you. Is that ordained by you? Therefore, exhibit in your ways, kill him in the dwell, and establish the world in peace. After hearing the words of Maitreya said, after hearing the words of Brahma, the creator, which were free from all sinful purpose, as sweet as nectar, the Lord heartily laughed and accepted his prayer, and he was laden with love. The Lord who had appeared with, from the nostril of Brahma sprang and aimed his mace at the chin of the enemy, the Hiranyaksha demon who was stalking fearlessly before him. Struck by the demon's mace, struck by the demon's mace, however, the Lord's mace slipped from his hand 
and looked splendid as it fell down reeling. This was miraculous for the maze was blazing wonderfully. Even though the demon had an excellent opportunity to strike his unarmed foe without obstruction, he respected the law of single combat and thereby kindling the fury of the Supreme Lord. As the Lord Mace fell onto the ground and a cry of alarm rose from the witnessing crowd of gods and receives, the personality of God had acknowledged the demon's love for righteousness and therefore invoked his Sousa son. He invoked his Sudhasan disc. As the disc began to revolve in the Lord's hand and the Lord contented at close quarters with the chief of his Vaikutta and Tans who had been born as Hiranyaksha, a wild son or deity there issued from every direction, strange expression uttered by those who were witnessing from airplanes. They had no knowledge of the Lord's reality and they cried, May victory attend you, pray, dispatch him, play no more with him. And the demon saw the personality of Godhead who had eyes like the lotus petals standing in position before him, armed with his Sudhasan dish, his senses overpowered by indignation. He began to hiss like a serpent and he bit his lip in great resentment. The demon who had fearful tasks said that the personality of Godhead as though to burn him, springing into the air, he aimed his mace at the Lord, exclaiming at the same time, you are slain. Oh, saintly Vidura, while his enemy looked on the Lord in his bow form, the enjoyable of sacrificial offering, playfully knocked down the mace with his left foot, even as it came upon him with the force of a tempest. The Lord then said, Take up your weapon and try again, eager as you to conquer me. Challenged in this way, the demon aimed his mace at the Lord and once more roared, loudly roared. When, he, when the Lord saw the maze flying towards him, he stood firmly where he was and caught it with the same ease as Garuda, the king of birth, could seize an serpent. His well-earthers frustrated, the great demon fell humiliated and was put out of continence. He was reluctant to take back the maze when it was offered by the personality of Garit. He now took a trident which was as rapacious as a flaming fire and hurled it against the Lord and the enjoyer of all sacrifices, even as one would use penance for a malevolent purpose against the holy Brahmana. Unhurled by the mighty demon with all his strength, the flying trident shone brightly in the sky. The personality of God had however tore it into pieces with his disc. Sudarshan, which had a sharp rim, edge rim, even as Indra cut off a wing of Garuda. The demon was enraged when his trident was cut to pieces by the disc of the personality of Godhead. He therefore advanced towards the Lord and roaring aloud, struck his heart fist against the Lord broad chest, which bore the mark of Srivatsa. Then he went out of sight. Hit in this manner by the demon of Vidurudha Lord who had appeared as the first boar did not feel the least quacking in any part of his body any more than an elephant would then would when struck with the wrath of flowers. The demon, however, employed many conjuring tricks against the personality of Garrett 
who is the lord of yogamaya at the side of this people were filled with alarm and thought that the dissolution of universe was near fierce wind began to blow from all directions spreading darkness occasioned by dust hail and hailstones stones came in volleys uh, from every corner as if thrown by a machine by machine guns so the machine guns are not invented only now huh? the luminaries in outer space disappear to the skies been overcast with masses of clouds which were accompanied by lightning and thunder the sky rained pass hash blood stool urine and bones there was sinless vidura mountain discharge weapons of various kinds and naked demoniaces armed with trident appear with their hair hanging loose cruel and savage slogans were uttered by hordes of ruffian yaksas and rakshasas who all either marched on foot or rode on the horses elephants or chariots the lord the personal enjoy all sacrifice now discharge his beloved sudarshan which was capable of dis- dispersing the magical forces displaced by the demon at that very moment a shudder Uh, suddenly ran through the heart of ditti the mother of hiranyaksha she recalled the word to her husband kasipa and blood flowed from her breast and when the demon saw his magical forces dispelled he once again came into the presence the personality of guarded kesava and full of rage tried to embrace him within his arm to crush him but to his great amazement he found the lord standing outside the circle of his arms The demon now began to strike the Lord with his hard fist, but Lord Ajokshaja slapped him in the root of the ear, even as Indra, the Lord of Maruti, hit the demon Vrata. Thus, though struck indifferently by the Lord, the conqueror of all the demon's body began to wheel. His eyeballs bulged out of his socket, of their socket. His arms and legs broken. His hair on on his head scattered. He fell down dead. like a gigantic tree uprooted by the wind aja brahma and others arrive on the spot to see the fearful task demon lying on the ground biting his lip the glow of his face was yet unfaded and brahma admiring said oh who could meet such blessed death brahma continued he was struck by a forefoot of the lord whom yogis seeking freedom from their unwringable material bodies meditate upon in seclusion and mystic trance while gazing on his continence this crash jewel of demon sun has cast off his mortal coil this two personal assistants of the supreme lord having been cursed have been destined to take birth in demonic families after a few such births they will return to their original their own positions Demi God address the Lord who obeys unto you. You are the enjoyer of all sacrifice and assume the, the form of a bow in pure goodness for the purpose of maintaining the world. Fortunately for us, the demon who was a torment to the world has been slain by you. We too, O Lord, are now at ease in devotion to your lotus feet. Saint Mat Sri Maitreya continued after. 
factors killing the most formidable demon Hiranyaksha, the supreme Lord Hari, the origin of the boar species, returned to his own abode where there is always an uninterrupted festival. The Lord was praised by all the demigods headed by Brahma. So this is the story of how Varaha, he came to lift up the earth and also kill the demon Hiranyaksha. And, and then after that, he returned to his abode. So we are going to celebrate his pastime on Sunday, where his appearance day, Brahm, Varaha Dwadasi. Varaha Dwadasi, uh, very auspicious day for the devotees. The, the Lord is always, his festivals, uh, he says here, uninterrupted festival. The word is used here. Akanda, Akanda Utsava. Akanda Utsava, an uninterrupted festival. That means the festival is going on at every moment. But of course, here we are celebrating them and this part of the year. But the Lord is always having festivals. Every moment, that festival, uninterrupted. You know? So at least we are fortunate to be able to serve the Lord in this way. Especially the Lord is very pleased when we offer prayers to him. And of course, in this form of Varaha, when he was shaking his body, his hair also fell. And those hair that fell, they turned into Kusa grass and Vasa grass. So that's why when we do puja, we stand on the Kusa mat, you know. The grass, kusa grass is made into a mat and we stand on that mat. Very, very auspicious. So everything is very auspicious if it's understood well. So, so we like to stop here to um, end the chapter of understanding the Lord's descent as Varaha. So anybody have any questions? Yes. I offer my respectful obeisances unto you. All glories to Shri Prabhupada. All glories to you. Uh, Prabhuji, why Hiranyaksha or Hiranyakashipa, they are Jaya Vijaya, the gatekeepers at, the, at Vaikunta? Means they are also with Vishnu all the time. Why did they got this? Like they have to be, become devote, uh, demons because they are devotees also. So I did not read the chapter on this. Now I stopped and I briefly explained. Okay. So if you go back to the canto, uh, 15, 16, 17, uh, that the pastime is explained how Jai and Vijay were cursed by the four Kumras and they have to fall down, you know, as demons. Actually, the Lord wanted them to come down to assist him in his pastimes of fighting, you know. So the Lord will not fight with demons. He will only fight with only devotees. But the demon position is taken by the devotees, just like in a play, you know. Sometimes the devotee is acting like a demon in the drama, right? 
Yes. So the same way the Lord induces his devotees to come down and take up the roles of demon to enact the pastime with the Lord, you know. So uh, they are not real demons. No, they just only became demons temporarily to help the Lord in his pastime because the Lord has to fight, no? Correct? Okay. So the yes, Lord also has this fighting propensity. So to honor to exercise his fighting propensity, he has some partners has to be there, no? Yes. Uh, but in Vaikuntas, there is no, um, I mean, everyone is pure and also there, how Lakshmi Narasimha Swami and uh, will be there with lion face. Because no, no, he in is... Vaikuntha, there's no form of a lion. It's all four-handed form. Okay. You don't have a Varaha form in the Vaikuntha. <laughs> They're all four-handed okay. forms, you know. Understand? So only, yeah, okay, probably, yes. Only in the earth, they come down, they come like a boar or a tortoise or a fish, you know. But in the Vaikuntha, they all address as Matsya Avatar, but they have the four-handed form, you know. Okay, Prabhuji. Yes. <clears throat> in, in the Golok chart that has been there, in that it was mentioned like Matsya Avataram, Kurma Avataram in Vaikuntha planets, they have figured, um, means given that painting also in that. Yeah, that painting is not right. No? Okay, Prabhuji. Yes, I want that confirmation. Yeah, there's, there's no this kind of forms in the Vaikuntha world. Vaikuntha world is all the four-handed form only. Hmm? Yes, Prabhuji. There's some more questions in the chat. Yes. The whole episode is a million times more interesting than any other mundane action scenes in the movies. It's a fact. Anything about the Lord is very blissful. Everything. Even though we may, even though we may feel that uh, you know in the mundane world, also we may see so many things happening similar to what the Lord, the Lord's pastimes. But still, there is a different feel when the Lord enacts the same thing. But in the movie world, you will know after a while that this is all bogus, no? <laughs> Absolutely true. Correct. I mean, just to shoot one scene, the guy had to retake 50 times. What kind of nonsense is that? And here there's no retake, you know. The Lord is fighting, you know. You know, understand? Very realistic. Yes, yes, can you imagine how the Lord as a boar can, the boar's hand can hold a club? How you can do that? Yes. <laughs> huh? Absolutely. Yes. Yeah, this is the inconceivable potency of the Lord. Yes, understand? And with that, to hold the club is difficult. And then to fight with it, how is it possible? Huh? Mm. Understand? Yes, yes So you have to understand, when you deal with the Lord, there's a lot of inconceivableness. That's why only devotees can understand this, you know. Yes, As I may, just like Parichit Maharaj, when he was told that the Lord with three arrows, he killed the whole uh, army of Hera, what's his name? Uh, the, the one who came to fight 17 times with the Lord. Jarasandha. Jara, Jara, Jara with just three arrows, he wiped out his whole armies. 
And when Parichit Maharaj heard that, he shed tears. But if somebody would not understand, they think, ah, this is stories, you know, bogus. Eh? You understand? So therefore, unless you are a devotee, you cannot understand these things. Yeah, the boar fighting, half man, half lion, horse head. I mean, come on, this all looks mythological, correct? You have to have the faith to know. So because we are reading and we are feeling so much enthused to see how the Lord is fighting, we are becoming happy, correct? But for non-devotee, they, 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 they just cannot believe this thing. That's why you must become a devotee. Yes? Yes, Prabhu. Thank mm. you so much. Mm. Yes? Anything else? Okay, so I guess we all have heard very nicely. I hope you will all celebrate this pastimes of the Lord very earnestly with all your heart and soul. And the Lord will be very pleased. Hmm? Varaha especially, he's lifting up the earth to give a place to the living entities. I hope we all can pray, especially the bodies who can help us. To pray for a beautiful place for our Lordship, Sri Sri Radha Madhu Mohan. We can have a permanent place. Yes? Yes, sir. Okay, so thank you very much. All glory to all of you. Hare Krishna. All glory to Srila Prabhupada. Thank you, Prabhupada. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna, Prabhu. Thank you. Hare Krishna, Prabhu. 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 Hare Krishna, Prab